Welcome to the Way of Crypto Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan, your home for daily news covering the most interesting happenings in the crypto space every 24 hours with a new show Monday to Friday, usually up by 9 to 10 Eastern Standard Time. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and do that as a general supporter at three bucks a month. If you want to take it up a notch, you can you can increase that contribution to 10 bucks a month. This will allow you to contribute to the show, not only financially with your $10 a month donation, but it will also make you a show contributor. You'll be able to ask whatever question you want, crypto related hopefully, but I open the floodgates up to pretty well everything and we'll go over those questions from show contributors uh, on Friday's episode. However, the best way you can support the show is by subscribing to this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening platforms. That's the best way if you want to help the way of crypto grow and continue to bring you show content every single weekday, Monday to Friday. Subscribe to the show. It's the best way to help us. Lastly, if you want to take that step and take possession of your own keys and become your own bank, actually, you can do that through the links in the description. There is a link to the Ledger website. If you purchase a Ledger device, it's the one I use, it's the one I like, it's the one I'm familiar with, uh, so it's the one I decided to add to the show. And if you purchase a device through that link in the show description, 10% will go to the Way of Crypto podcast, will go to help support the show with no extra cost to you whatsoever. And it also ensures you're buying that Ledger device from the actual Ledger website and not a third-party seller like eBay or Amazon where it could be tampered with. So there's more than one reason to buy through our show note link. All right, let's get into the show. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Weight of Crypto Podcast. We got a ton of news going on. Bitcoin is looking just fantastic here going into the weekend. Uh, recording this podcast on Friday, early Friday morning around 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're looking good, 23723 bucks, up 2.71% on the 24-hour. And Bitcoin's just coming out of a really strong week after the FOMC meeting. Uh, before the FOMC meeting, we saw that price dip down to the in the 20000 to 21500 range, kind of bounced around there when the news of the 0.75% interest rate hike broke with the FOMC meeting, uh, the caused the market to rally. Not just Bitcoin, all markets and crypto is rallying in general. It's looking uh, fantastic. And we'll see if that carries through through, carries through, through the weekend, uh, but it's looking strong right now. Bitcoin broke 24,000 a little bit about an hour ago. I've been up early this morning looking at uh, the crypto space and news and all that kind of stuff, planning what I'm gonna do in today's show. And uh, yeah, it's looking real strong and I think we're gonna break through and above that 25,000 mark into next week. That's where I think it's going. I'm not afraid to say it. So there's a record, uh, but I think we're moving up and I think we're going to continue to move up all through August. Non-financial advice, of course. Uh, let's get into market stuff right away. Right away. Fear and greed index currently sitting at 39. Market sentiment is improving significantly. Uh, yesterday, we were at a 29. Last month, we were at a 13. So uh, fear and greed index is an indicator of market sentiment. And Obviously, the crypto space and Bitcoin are uh, improving in market sentiment. Everyone is uh, lifting their hopes and it's no longer the end of the world. Uh, however, we're not out of the woods yet. Something important to keep in mind. So uh, none of this is financial advice. Don't take it as such. These are my predictions and I can be wrong just like you can be wrong. So don't take these as uh, as ways to make trades and uh, don't take out leverage or uh, short or long on something that I say during this podcast because 
I can be wrong, no one can predict the short term, and we can only predict the long term that Bitcoin's gonna increase in value. Uh, let's get into the market specific prices here. Uh, Bitcoin, $23,691, up 2.84% on the 24, up 0.22% on the seven day. Uh, so fairly flat on the seven day. Ethereum, 1,677, up 2.83% on the 24, up 2.60% on the seven day. BNB, 284 bucks, up 5.98%. So let's call it 6% on the 24 and up, let's call it 6% on the seven day as well. Cardano is at 52 cents, up 5. 4.5% on the 24, up about 3% on the seven day. XRP is at 36 cents, up about 3% on the 24, and pretty flat on the seven day. Solana is at $41.76, up 3% on the 24, down 4.72% on the seven day. Solana had a big rally last week there. Dogecoin at about seven cents, up 3% on the 24, and down 3% on the seven day. Polkadot is at $7.92. Up 3.69% on the 24, up 2% on the seven day. Matic, 93 cents, $6, or sorry, 6.34% in the green on the 24 hour, 3% on in the green on the seven day. Sometimes the order of the words I choose in the order doesn't necessarily link up here. Uh, Shiba New, we are up 3.46% on the 24, down 5% on the seven day. Um, Chainlink, $7.57, up 10% on the 24. Chainlink showing significant gains here. I think uh, maybe actually the biggest mover over the last 24 hours, up 5% on the 20, on the seven day. So uh, Chainlink looks like our biggest mover. That's in about the top 30 or so. Uh, interesting. Let's get into the news here. Bitcoin bull run getting interesting as BTC price hits a six week high. Yeah, so this, these are, we've touched that price just above 24,000. I think we hit 24,200, 24,300. It seems like the highest price I've seen in Bitcoin in a long time here. And uh, this article is saying about six weeks. So that's what, uh, when I was talking about it uh, with my partner here, we were talking about about a two month, uh, a two month high. So pretty close to that. Bitcoin price performance is taking an increasingly higher resistance level as July gains could top 20%. Bitcoin delivered a swift six-week six high into like July 29 as the aftermath of the latest macro development boosted risk asset. Monthly close could seal 20% gains. So going into August here, we're almost wrapping up the month of July. Uh, this article is saying, and same thing I'm saying, that it's looking pretty good for uh, Bitcoin to set some higher lows and some higher highs and change the downward trend that we've been in for quite some time since uh, last winter. We've been in a downward trend, slowly bleeding out. All crypto assets, including Bitcoin, have just been bleeding out. And uh, looks like we may be heading in a different direction, hopefully. But time will tell. We'll see. We don't know for sure. ETH eyes key support reclaim above 1700 bucks. The picture of altcoins was similarly rosy on the day when ETH uh, moved past 1700 bucks to challenge highs from the week of June 6th. So same thing goes for Ethereum. And... Uh, DeFi. DeFi has just been doing what it's supposed to be doing and has shown really incredible resiliency, re resiliency, if I can say that word correctly, over the last eight weeks or so. It's doing what it's supposed to. DeFi is working. CeFi is not. It's interesting, isn't it? That uh, code and algorithms can be an improvement on uh, person to person lending uh, and other banking 
other means of banking. It is quite interesting that the uh, it appears to be, uh, at least in the crypto space, CeFi will be being replaced with DeFi over the coming years because DeFi is not broken. Uh, and it's pretty interesting to watch here. This is uh, on a side note, the crypto collapse has flooded the market with Rolex watches, <laughs> Rolex and Patek. So uh, as a, as a uh, what's the word for it? Consequence of the crypto space collapsing essentially over the month of June and July. We there's now an influx of real expensive watches just waiting to be snatched up. So let's dig into this article. This is from Bloomberg. The headline is the crypto collapse has flooded the market with Rolex and Patex. Top watch trading platform says trophy model volumes jumped. Chrono 24 says more supply hits price of Nautilus and Daytona's. If you're a watch person, you know what this is. I'm not a watch guy. I think it's interesting and it's actually a quite interesting way to store value in a downward market trend. Uh, watches don't seem to go down, but I'm not following them strongly enough or uh, intently enough to know this for sure. It just kind of what seems to me looking at uh, watches and watch collection, the store of value with watches as a complete outsider. It seems like they keep their value, but you correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, you can reach out to me. I'll go over that uh, at the end of the show. The collapse in cryptocurrencies is easing supply of the most sought after watches on the secondhand market, depressing prices for hard to get Patek, Philip, and Rolex watches. The supply of trophy watches such as Rolex Daytona or Patek Nautilus 5711 Alpha is much stronger, uh, is, is now much larger. Online watch trading platform Chrono24 said in an email statement. Uh, yeah, so we're talking about people are not buying luxury watches because all of uh, the crypto millionaires just don't have that expendable income for watches and Lambos like they used to this year. <laughs> However, I think we'll probably get there again. The recent swoon in cryptocurrency valuations has directly impacted prices of luxury watches from brands like Rolexes and Patek Philip, said the company, which is based in this is going to be a hard one, Karlsruhe, Germany, and has more than half a million watches listed for sale on its website. The price decline for the most sought-after models is the latest indication that the once-soaring second-hand luxury watch market is starting to lose pace. Yes, but is this, um, is this in respect to the cryptocurrency uh, collapse in regards to CFI collapsing, or is this in response to just the macroeconomic environment taking a significant downturn and it's way more expensive to borrow money uh, at this at this time than it was last year at this time? So it's arguable. I don't think uh, they're offering any proof here that it is the crypto space that is causing these uh, the watch market to slow down. But uh, if you look at the global macroeconomic outlook of each individual person and what they see for their future, uh, regardless of country, it's significantly worse than it was 12 months ago. And I have a strong feeling that it could be that which is uh, causing the decline of people to buy these luxury items. And I'm willing to bet that if you looked at all luxury items, including uh, homes, cars, watches, wines, all that kind of stuff, that uh, it's all in a downward trend because to borrow money, it's more expensive now because the interest rates are higher. So it's not rocket science here. And uh, the global outlook as far as people and their perception of their what their financial future looks like is not good right now because the cost of energy, uh, inflation, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that this is a, 
a little blip in a bigger picture that uh, a lot of luxury stuff, especially very high-end expensive items, are in a downward trend right now, just like uh, just like everything else. I know uh, even for myself, when I'm looking at buying uh, items, I'm cheaper now than I was last year, and it's because my portfolio is worth 70% uh, less than it was 12 months ago. So um, there's lots of reasons why people kind of pull up their, or tighten their belt, let's say that, when it comes to spending on luxury items and watches are one of those luxury items because I hate wearing a watch. That's why I've never been into watches. I do have a, a Garmin Tactics Delta I use. I'm a bow hunter, so I use that uh, when I'm hunting. Uh, however, I hate wearing watches. I carry a phone with me and that has time on it and that works just fine. Um, but I think watch collecting is kind of cool. It's something I've always been interested at looking at for the future, maybe when I'm an old guy and uh, in need of other hobbies, I'll pick up watch collecting here. Uh, Axie Infinity CEO reportedly withdrew funds before revealing Ronin hack. So more, more human, uh, more humans causing problems for crypto, not crypto causing problems for crypto. So let's dig, uh, let's have a little look into Let's dig into this article. I'll go with dig. <laughs> Bloomberg said the CEO of Axum Infinity moved $3 million worth of access before revealing the massive hack against the platform. Following the recent attack on the Ronin network, a new revelation showed that the co-founder and CEO of the video game Axum Infinity, Trudge Nugent, moved access, the native token of Axum Infinity, worth $3 million to a crypto exchange giant Binance hours before now announcing the hacking incident. According to Bloomberg on Thursday, this was uh, yes, yesterday, so that was July 28th. The unusually large transaction was first discovered by a YouTube gaming channel with the name as Azobs. I can't pronounce that. A-S-O-B-S, uh, if you can pronounce it, but I can't. Who connected the digital wallet to Nugent after on-chain forensics. Uh, he later, he or she actually, he, he or she later shared findings with Bloomberg Businessweek, which in turn showed that the on-chain data to the Sky Mavis, Mavis, the company behind Access Infinity for verification. Sky Mavis indeed verified that the wallet, which moved 3 million in Access tokens to Binance, belonged to Nugent, the CEO of Access Infinity. Uh, it's not looking good. Meanwhile, Kaylee Moore, a spokeswoman for Sky Mavis, said, said that Axis Infinity CEO transferred the funds to the crypto exchange to enable the company to provide liquidity while also preventing short sellers from front running the news. So I guess uh, we'll have to wait for more into this story. Uh, maybe it sounds fairly innocent so far. The headline sounds makes them sound super guilty as you read into the article. It makes uh, it relieves a little pressure from him and makes it sound like yeah he may have just truly been providing liquidity. There's uh, that's 100% possible. Uh, we'll continue following this story and see how it ends up working out. I'm sure there will be lots of on-chain analysts wa watching this and looking at it and looking for anything fraudulent whatsoever. Uh, Celsius news, uh, again, with the down bad news coming out of Celsius here. Uh, I got an email yesterday. I'm sure lots of you did as well. Yesterday, the day before, I can't even think about the timeline now. Uh, however, Celsius's client data leaked in the same breach as OpenSea. So uh, yeah, all our data has been leaked as well. So not only have you lost all your money that you've entrusted uh, on the Celsius platform, but your data has also been stolen from Celsius now. So according to the Celsius community, the company has allegedly been contacted, has been contacting users to inform them of a data breach directly affecting them that could ease lead to, easily lead to phishing attempts. So 
Uh, remain vigilant with your emails. Like always, don't click on any links in your emails. If you have to change passwords, log into your accounts, anything like that, don't do it. Don't do it through links in your email. Just uh, go to your bookmarks, bookmark your sites, or type them into your web browser and make sure you're doing it correctly. That's all. But uh, just don't click on any email links, especially stuff with uh, Celsius in it right now or for the foreseeable future. Uh, this is from Twitter at Celsius, at the Celsians Network. I actually don't follow this Twitter. Uh, however, it says, announcement from Celsius. We are writing to let you know that we recently informed, we were recently informed by our vendor, customer.io, that one of our employees accessed a list of Celsius client email addresses held on the platform and transferred those to a third party. So it looks like it was an insider breach an employee possibly disgruntled. We don't know that stuff for sure. Uh, however, they gave, they probably sold all this list of clients' emails from Celsius to a third party, which has so far remained nameless, but we'll see what happens with that as well. The breach was reportedly identified on the 30th of June at the same time as the OpenSea client data leak. So uh, yeah, I th- believe we covered this story on the podcast. I don't cover a ton of NFT stuff, but I think I may have covered this. Uh, however, uh, Celsius was breached as well with OpenSea during that time and they haven't disclosed it up till now. Back then, Celsius reached out to customer.io, the company handling market communications for both OpenSea and Celsius, who stated that the crypto lender's client data was unaffected. However, on July 8th, customer.io representatives allegedly recanted their statement and informed Celsius that some of the client data had actually been breached. Their employee had since been terminated and customer.io updated statement on the incident stating that the data of five other customers has also been stolen. It appears that Celsius may have been one of five, uh, one of five as users took to Twitter to share screenshots of cautionary emails they received. It appears that Celsius may have been one of the five. Okay. Um, Yeah, so... (laughs) Phishing attempts expected. Uh, yeah, so whenever there's a data breach like this in anything financial, crypto obviously being one of the huge internet monies, one of the, the main internet money currently, uh, and it's super easy to send, super easy to scam, super easy to steal, uh, hi- hypothetically super easy to steal, but and uh, there's a ton of user errors still happening in the crypto space. Obviously, uh, phishing attempts are expected because hackers are funding themselves with stolen crypto. Uh, same with Nor- the North Korean government is funding their nuclear program with stolen crypto. So that's how prevalent this stuff is in our space, in our hobby, and in our uh, belief in our financial future here. You have to s- secure your crypto. You have to do it properly and you should take possession of your own keys. If you're going to trust an exchange, you have to use a good exchange. And there's only a handful of really, really strong trusted exchanges out there and I still don't recommend that you keep your crypto on them. I recommend that you take possession, buy a hardware device. If you're going to buy a ledger, use the show note, uh, use the link in the description in the show notes course. However, just get your keys off uh, or get your coins off an exchange and use anything. Use a cool card, use a treasure, use any of these trusted hardware devices, take possession of your own keys and keep those keys in a secure place and you're good. That's all you have to do you're good after that. And don't send your crypto to anybody promising to send, don't send one Bitcoin to a guy promising to send you two Bitcoins because uh, that will lead to you having no Bitcoins. Phishing attempts expected. According to screenshots shared by Celsius user, the only client data leak to bad actors is a list of email addresses 
email addresses with no other personally identifying information. So expect emails to those leaked email addresses and uh, expect them to ask you to log into your Celsius account uh, so they can steal your password. And if you don't have two-factor authentication turned on, uh, they can they may be able to get into your account. Uh, so last article of today, I think here. Yeah, so U.S. government body blasts Voyager's folk, false and misleading on deposit insurance. So let me reread that headline. U.S. government bodies blast Voyager's false and misleading statements on deposit insurance. So Voyager was claiming that they had FDIC insurance on their deposits. However, when you read the five print, it, the FDIC insurance only covers USD that was held on the exchange. I don't know why people would hold their USD on an exchange in large amounts. Generally, people are, uh, say you are DCAing and you have some kind of automated buying thing set up with uh, Voyager. You could have had it, but it's most commonly people are transferring money there to uh, trade in crypto to all exchanges. Um, however, it's possible. I'm willing to bet that most clients of Voyager's, most customers of Voyager were not holding a large significant amount of USD on their platform and they were instead holding a large significant amount of crypto on their platform. Uh, in another sign of the dark clouds gathered over the troubled crypto, crypto platform Voyager, the U.S. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation or the FDIC and the board of the Federal Reserve, also known as the Fed, uh, America's central bank has issued a joint letter in which they demand that the company cease and desist from making what they described as a false misleading statements regarding its FDIC deposit insurance status and take action to correct such prior statements. The institution said in a statement that Voyager and certain officers, officers and employees of the company had made various statements online in which they claimed or suggested that the business is FDIC insured and customers would obtain the SDI insurance coverage for all funds provided to and held by Voyager. That's the key right there. All funds, not just USD. And the and also that the FDIC would insure them against Voyager's failure. Uh, the two entities said that the two entities be two entities being the FDIC and the Fed. Their representations of false and misleading based on the information gathered to date, it appears that these representations likely misled and were relied upon by customers who place their funds with Voyager and do not have immediate access to their funds. So like we said, Voyager stated that they were, that when you put money on Voyager, it was insured. They kind of used a blanket uh, blanket statement, very generalized. If you put funds on Voyager, it's insured. When Voyager went bankrupt and people started actually thinking about this insurance that they had thought they had uh, and digging into the fine print, people found out that it was only USD held on the platform. And like we said, yeah, people hold USD on exchanges for things like reoccurring buys and DCAing and automating that process. However, uh, the significance of what people hold on USD, generally speaking with most customers and clients on any exchange, the USD holdings are gonna be much, much smaller than their crypto holdings, and the crypto holdings are not insured. Uh, let's talk about one more thing. Ethereum's final testnet merge set for early August, so uh, very shortly they'll be looking at the final testnet, testnet uh, project here. Uh, this name, Giroli, will be the network's third, I, I can't say it, it's spelt G-O-E-R-L-I, <laughs> and that's the name of the uh, the final testnet, will be the network's third and final testnet before the network transition to proof of stake, which is scheduled for mid-September. 
Ethereum is one step away from the merge and that final step is just days away. So let's watch this and see what happens. Deploy uh, the testnet deployment, the final test to be completed prior to Ethereum's much anticipated transition to proof of stake will occur next week according to announcement by the Ethereum Foundation. Uh, so something to keep an eye on and we'll be keeping a close eye on it here on the way of crypto podcast uh, because this is extremely, this may be the extreme, the most important happening in crypto this year is uh, Ethereum's move to proof of stake. And uh, whether you think it's for good or for bad, I don't think I have an opinion on it yet. I, I do like, I tend to prefer proof of work and uh, I'm not super keen on Ethereum going to proof of stake. However, it could work out and I'm willing to have an open mind about it. Uh, and I think it's, whether you like it or you don't like it, I think it's incredibly important and uh, incredibly important that this goes well and due to all the delays and the pushbacks and all that kind of stuff that they've made with Ethereum going to proof of stake, I think it may go just fine. And uh, time will tell. And then we'll pay, pay, pay attention to this last testnet and we'll be following this story uh, into September. Of course, of course, it'll be one of the big ones uh, when they actually do the merge, when the merge is happening. It'll be uh, super interesting to see. And I really hope everything goes just as smoothly as possible with it. Uh, that's going to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, there'll be no show over the weekend and I'll see you guys on Monday. If you want to support the show, you can dig into the show description. There's lots of links and stuff there that can show you how. However, the biggest thing you can do is subscribe to the podcast on your listening platform and give us a review because that's always great as well. Um, yeah, so bye for now. I'll see you guys on Monday, and uh, it's looking real strong here going to the weekend. Hopefully, I'm not eating my words, and it continues on the current trend. Uh, bye for now. Bye-bye.